0: Coming up on Garden Talk.
1: I think the most important thing for your root system to have to make your plant grow vigorously is you need oxygen and you need microbes. See, you want to form an even canopy. If you have a Christmas tree, you have, you know, the lower bud sites that could be getting the light. They're not getting the light. They're being covered up, so they're going to become airy like popcorn buds. As far as nutrients, I I do start off with the recharge, you know, by real growers, and oh my God. If anyone's been following the, you know, the Skittles autoflower, she like exploded. She's got a trunk almost like my arm. When you micromanage, you are going to overwater because you feel like you need to do something. And that's where people screw up.
0: What's up, everybody? If you that don't know me, my name is Chris, a.k.a. Mr. Grow It, and this is Garden Talk, episode 10. In this episode, I talk with a grower who goes by the name 420 Scene. He is a fellow YouTuber that has almost 12,000 subscribers. He has been gardening for over seven years and he specializes in growing auto plants in this episode we talk about autoflower plants i try to dig deep and find out exactly what he does when he's growing autoflowers we also talk a little bit about aerated compost teas because he does have experience with those as well click that thumbs up button if you haven't already and subscribe to the channel if you haven't done that already as well i release these garden talk videos once a week every saturday and then of course after the episode drop a comment down in the comment section below i'd love to know what you do when you grow autoflower plants and also what do you do for aerated teas drop that down below I hope you enjoyed this episode. Let's just get right into it. All right, 420 scene. Welcome to Garden Talk, how you doing today?
1: Doing pretty good, man.
0: Thanks for coming on, I appreciate it.
1: Glad to be on, man.
0: We'll just get, uh, let's just get right into things. So for those that don't know who you are, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into growing?
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm 420 scene as a lot of you guys know. I started back in 2014. You know it's funny like i still i still remember like i was in electrical school right and before class i was just like looking up like the different you know lights and you know how to grow and and that sort of thing and you know like it was so intimidating like at first when i first started growing there was just there was so much like information out there that it was just so crazy there's all these different forums out there and you know all the different resources youtube you know what i'm saying so there's like so much not you know opinions and you know what's not do- like what's good information what's bad information so like you know um like when i started out it was um i thought it was going to be like really really tough you know what i'm saying and um i remember before i actually got into growing i started to you know i started actually started taking notes about like everything like every you know light cycles and npk ratios and just like all that stuff you know what i mean and um you know one thing led to another and you know the thing about horticulture that i learned is it's like you got to practice to get better like you can get all the information you get but like you can read every forum everything out there but if you don't you know what i mean if you don't practice you don't practice your craft you're never gonna get better that's what I try to tell everybody you know what I mean
0: yeah so many people that would just read books read forums and they have knowledge and um, you know they'll be on the forums replying giving answers yet they haven't grown the plant and uh, yeah right (laughs) it's sad that it's like that for for some things but yeah doing your research is one thing Um, executing and getting the experience is certainly another thing Um, absolutely so now you, you're you at the point now where you have a YouTube channel, right? Um, yeah. When did you launch the YouTube channel and what type of videos do you do? And uh, I think you're at, what, a little over, was it, 12,000 or 15,000 subscribers now? Or? We
1: actually just uh, grazed past 11,000 subscribers. And, um, you know, I actually started out as Kush Life. A lot of, like, long-time OGs of the channel will know. You know, we started at, it, with Kush Life and um, – See, my channel is a little bit different from a lot of, a lot of the other, you know, uh, horticulture YouTubers. And I almost have like a, um, a really chill Xcode A kind of vibe. I do like grow videos. I do, um, you know, sm- like uh, stoner life stories, stuff like that. You know what I mean? So I try to mix it up. I do, I do news, you know, within the horticulture community. So like a lot of people like that. So I, I, do a little, I have a variety of a little bit of everything,
0: you know what I mean? Yeah, you do those sit down videos where you sit down, press record button on the camera, and just fire away uh, talking. And uh, a little bit of an inspiration for me, actually. I, I want to do more of those types of videos and the way you execute them. Um, I, also you know, the-
1: do, I also have grow vlog series, and pretty much, you know, I talk about each day. I have like time lapses, and I try to make it like really cool and, and, and fun for everybody, you know.
0: Yeah, there's but definitely a lot I, of good stuff on there. I
1: spread out like my tips from my grow vlogs, you know what I mean? Cuz YouTube doesn't like us very much. So, you know, they what hate I mean? us. They
0: hate us. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, for those watching and not familiar with 420 scenes channel, I'll have that linked down in the description section below. All right, let's get into the topics today. So today we're going to talk about autoflowers and we'll also talk about uh, compost teas. Um, so let's start off by talking about autoflowers. What medium do you usually grow autoflowers in?
1: You know, I was actually experimenting with a lot of different stuff. And, um, you know, I'm a huge Fox Farm guy. Everybody knows Fox Farm, Fox Farm. You know what I mean? Um, What I like to do is because I do transplant the autoflowers. I know a lot of people are weird about that. But uh, um, what I do is I start them off in Happy Frog because it's a it's pretty light soil. It's kind of like Fox Farm's Light Warrior, you know. And um when I do transplant, I like to have the you know the bottom like the, the bottom half portion of strawberry fields, um, you know, with some perlite because strawberry fields does not really have the best drainage. however, it's it, I mean it's it's really good for flowering and um, the like the top layer of the soil I have happy frog and sometimes I'll mix in ocean forest with happy frog, you know because, Ocean Forest has, you know, a, like like bat guano, which is, you know, pretty important for the veg stage. So, like, my logic behind that is, okay, you know, when I transplant, they're going to have to go through the veg stage and, and all that. But they're not going to be in the veg stage for that long because they are autoflowers. So, you know, by the time they start flowering, the roots will already hit the bottom half, which will be the strawberry field. So that's kind of my thinking behind it.
0: Got it. And so, do you start in like a solo cup, and then what container size do you transplant into?
1: I go from a solo cup to like a seven or a ten gallon pot.
0: Okay. And then, are you using uh, plastic pots, fabric pots? What do you uh, for? I
1: use Smart pots. You know, I think they're they're great for aeration. You don't have to worry about your plant getting root bound. It's just you know just kind of start kind Did of spinning you, around. You
0: know. You were cutting out a little bit. Did you say smart pots?
1: yes smart pots
0: and then what do you use for nutrients when you're feeding autoflowers?
1: as far as nutrients i i do start off with the recharge the, you know by real growers and oh my god <laughs> if anyone's been following the you know the skittles autoflower she like exploded you know what i mean like she's got she's got a trunk almost like my arm you know what i mean it's pretty crazy so i start off with a recharge like during the veg stage and um and then i give it some compost tea. Once in a while, I'll throw in some some of ILGM's flowering, um, you know, bud booster nutrients. So um, I think it's got a 0-27-27 NPK ratio. So that's excellent for flower, you know.
0: Got it. So do you use Fox Farm Trio as well or, or no? You
1: no, know, I actually used to use the entire Dirty Dozen and and the Trio. Hmm. No more. <laughs> I found that it didn't really didn't really help me out too much, but I do like the Beastie Blooms. I think the NPK ratio is like zero fifty-six, zero or something like that, straight up phosphorus, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. I used to use Beastie Blooms, I think it was what, it was like three, four, and five a flower, I think, and that just yeah. helps out tremendously because, you know, particularly using Fox Farm Trio, um, I used to get a lot of phosphorus deficiency mid flowering. And using that PK booster, the Beastie Blooms, helps out so much, so much. So if anybody's using the Fox Farm Trio out there and are facing phosphorus deficiency in flowering, you might want to try Beastie Blooms because that solved my problems.
1: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely.
0: So do you use any uh, sugars or microbial inoculants? I know you said you use Recharge, which has microbes in it. Do you use anything else beyond that for microbial inoculants? I would
1: say I use the, um, the organic blackstrap unsulfured molasses by I, I use plantation plantation or grandma's Those sort of two that that i think are pretty good you know i also use honey during during the veg stage i know a lot of people have been asking me on my channel oh you know do you have any kind of pest issues you know because you know honey's sweet you know could that could that draw like have issues with bugs and sort of you know that sort of thing and no and the reason i like using honey is because it is an excellent root stimulant and you know um you know the the growth and development of your roots are like super important in the veg stage like i feel like the roots is something that people don't really like especially a lot of newer growers out there you know they just they think what's important are the leaves and what they see but like how they feed you know that you know the root system that's the most important thing right there
0: for sure so when do you usually apply honey or or molasses and what dosage do you usually do
1: the honey i do 1 tablespoon per gallon and the molasses, I do about two tablespoons per gallon. And the honey, I use like maybe week three to week five, you know, or until, you know, whenever they start flowering it in. And then molasses, um, like I said, two tablespoons per gallon. And most of the flowering stage up until maybe week six. After that, I kind of just cut it off. And I apply those every like every like two weeks or so.
0: Got it. Now, when you say week six, are you talking about veg or flour?
1: Like when I cut it off? Yeah. Flour. I'm talking about the molasses. Okay. Molasses.
0: Okay, so molasses you're only doing in flour? Yeah. Got it. Okay, that makes sense.
1: Sometimes I will I will give it um, the first dose of molasses like um, when I start seeing like pre-flowers, you know?
0: Nice. Um, okay, so in regards to feeding auto-flowers and comparing them with Photo periods. Some people do treat autoflowers differently than photo periods when it comes to feeding. Do you treat autoflowers differently when it comes to feeding?
1: When it comes to feeding, no, I I treat it pretty much the same. Unless I want to veg longer, then the only difference is you know I'm just gonna um, I'm just gonna keep giving you know giving it like honey. I mean that's pretty much it. You know, but I, I pretty much keep it the same as far as the feeding.
0: And I know that you also do training on autoflowers. So for example, that Skittles that you're growing right now, you uh, have done some training to it, tons yeah. of tops throughout it. Uh, so what do you, so it's, I assume yeah. you'd like to maximize yield. What oh, do yeah. you typically do for uh, training auto flowers in order to maximize yield? Um,
1: topping, I don't do that. Now, the reason I don't top is because with autoflower, you know, you don't have any control, which means... They, you know, they could start flowering week three, they could start flower, you know, they could start flowering week five or six. And, you know, if you top too early, you're screwed. But if you top too late, that's not good either. You know what I'm saying? So it's a little sketchy. You know what I'm saying? So topping is out. LST is king. As far as autoflowers, LST is absolutely king. And I I have sixty two tops on that Skittles autoflower, dude. It doesn't even fit in the closet. Like it's 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 coming out. You know what I'm saying? It makes the closet and the light look. You know, it makes the closet look really small. But um,
0: yeah that that one reminds me of uh, Carmelicious I grew. It was similar to to what you what I saw in your Skittles picture. Um, it's just bursting out everywhere. And I actually ended up getting a half pound off of an autoflower plant before. I was oh, yeah. pretty proud of that. I know some people might be watching this and might be like, oh, that's it? I've gotten more than that. But uh, I don't know. What's the highest yield you've gotten off of an autoflower? And do you think that Skittles is uh, going to be big enough to get over a half pound or what? Uh,
1: I got 10 O's on the, the Master Kush, and that was an autoflower Ten oh, wow you know oh, okay all right. half pound, you know what i'm saying i'm telling you it's all about training and i love low stress training you know obviously you're not stressing your plan out at all so you know the growth is not stopped the growth is constantly going you want to keep moving you want to keep moving you know and um see you want to form an even canopy if you have a christmas tree you have you know the lower bud sites that could be getting the light—they're not getting the light. They're being covered up, so they're gonna become airy, like popcorn buds. You know what I mean? So I love that. I love that flat top canopy. You know what I mean? Except my Skittles looks more like a look like a wave. You know what I mean? But um, that's what you want. You want an even distribution of light. That's what low stress training is to me—an even distribution of light. That's how you get all those colas. You know what I mean? I always try to I always try to challenge myself. You know what I mean? The most I had was actually 82 tops on an auto, which is like ridiculous. You know what I mean?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. That's a lot for sure. <laughs> but uh, I don't think as many people really think about the importance of the veg stage when it comes to auto flower plants. Now, uh, like we touched upon before, it's a, on a living and lifespan, right? In my experience growing auto flowers, I've had plants with no stunt growth for the first 30, 40 days, and they just – became huge versus you know you slightly over water and over an auto flower and veg uh, you see a stunt growth or if you top it or even sometimes transplanting that's a controversial topic i've tried doing that before and i've still seen that stunt and growth you know low stress training is low stress so you know that's not really going to stunt the growth uh if any at all but i really feel like there's a lot of people that aren't aware of keeping the plant healthy and trying to get it as big as possible for those first 30, 40 days. Cause after that it's going into flowering. Right. So,
1: yeah, you know, the problem a lot of people have is everybody tries to micromanage their grow. Oh, you know, every day, Oh, you know, Oh, what's wrong with this leaf? What's wrong with this leaf? It's like, bro, chill out, man. You know, like, dude, like if, when you micromanage, you are going to overwater because you feel like you need to do something you, you know what I mean? And that's where people screw up. Let me tell you something. This skittles, autoflower in veg, I water twice the entire veg. Why? I go by the leaves, the plant tells you what it needs, you know. Like like you don't know anything. Your plant knows everything, you know. You feed it accordingly, you water accordingly, you know what I mean? And that's pretty much what I
0: do. So for that particular plant, you started in a solo cup. What day do you remember what day you transplanted into that larger container? Oh um, is it a seven gallon or a ten gallon?
1: This one is a seven gallon. Okay. Um I don't remember maybe maybe 10 days. The rule of thumb that I go by is once the leaves start sticking out of, out of the perimeter of the cup, you have maybe like an extra couple of days before you know, you might you know you, you don't want to get root bound, so that's when you, you know, that's when I transplant.:
0: Do you sprinkle any mycorrhizal fungi on the roots during transplant? or
1: uh, Yes, yeah. I use mycos. I, I've been using that since the get-go. Um, actually I started using mycos because Cali Green, he, he's the guy that, that I first started watching, you know, all these grow videos. Like used mycos and ever since I was just like, I'm just, I'm just gonna keep using mycos all the time, you know? So I spread that around the root ball.
0: I think that's one of the things that's just so beneficial that some gardeners don't use is mycorrhiza. I mean, it definitely helps with the transplant shock, uh, reducing the chances of that. Because it feels like every time I use that, there's like no slow growth at all. Uh, And I think that's one thing that should be in everybody's garden is using mycorrhizal fungi.
1: Yeah, uh, I think a lot of people... Here's the thing though, like when you first start growing and you look at different resources, everybody's shoving nutrients down your throat. You know what I mean? Oh, Fox Farm's the best. Oh, you know, this brand's the best. This brand's the best. Nobody really talks about like, you know, the microbes. And, you know, I think the most important thing for your root system to have to make your plant grow vigorously is you need oxygen and you need microbes you know which equals an aerobic environment and that's what you want
0: absolutely so let me recap real quick before we move on to the next topic so um you know for autoflowers in particular you start off in a solo cup around day 10 or so you'll transplant into a seven gallon now that, that seven gallon is uh, a mixture, usually of Fox Farm, uh, Happy Frog, and Ocean Forest, is that right? And then from there, you're doing a top dressing with ILGM um, Bloom nutrients, right? Those are what dry organic nutrients.
1: Uh, I only do that once in a while. No, they're not. They are uh, they're solu- soluble.
0: Okay. So what points do you feed again? Do you do like a top dressing at a certain point?
1: Um, I actually top dress with with Down the Earth fish bone meal. Okay. And- Fishbone meal, I put around maybe week three or four. Now, what some people don't know is that fishbone meal week, takes Sorry,
0: little- week three or four of flour? Wow. So you've gone 30 days and then 21 days later roughly is around day 50-ish is when you're doing that?
1: Day 50, like are you talking about? From sprout. Oh, yeah, from sprout. Yeah, that's about right. That's about right. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I top dress with fishbone meal from down the earth, and what a lot of people don't understand is, it's good to start that a little, maybe a week earlier. You know what I mean? Instead of like week five, because it takes a little while for that fishbone meal to break down, you know, to become accessible. So that that's one thing I try to I try to tell people about that. But Fishbone meal is great, man. I mean, that, that's phosphorus right there. You know, I think I think the NPK was like I think like one twelve zero or something. You know?
0: Got it. So it's just that for top dressing. And then you do molasses, um, you know, every week or so, every week or two, um, throughout flour. And then well up to week six of flour and then recharge every week throughout the whole life. No, just veg, just oh. veg. Okay. Just veg for and
1: flour. I put in my own composting.
0: Oh, okay. All right. Is that around the same time The, the week three or, um,
1: yeah, yeah. That, yeah, no, maybe week two, maybe, maybe week three. Um, I, I think week two is pretty good week two of flour that's when i start putting in the compost tea and what I like to use with the compost tea for an, anyone that's interested i like using alfalfa meal i like using kelp meal i love seabird guano I like you know if you want phosphorus seabird guano is is, is what you need you know and uh, i use earthworm castings as well from uh you know wiggly worm and you know of course i also use Um, I use the organic blackstrap molasses and I I put that all together, you know, and I, I brew that for about 30 hours after I declore water for 24 hours. So I add that into the flour as well.
0: Got it. So that's your flour recipe. That was a good transition, by the way, to, (laughs) to get into composting tea, which is our, our next Avenue here. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that, that's your flour recipe for compost tea. And then do you have a, a separate recipe for veg compost teas?
1: Um, no, actually, veg, I just use recharge because it's been, I mean, you know, just okay scared. You know what I mean?
0: And then for, uh, I'm sorry, for your ratios, what ratios do you use for um, those nutrients in the compost tea or the compost?
1: i trying to remember. I, I use two to four tablespoons of the blackstrap molasses, alfalfa meal, and kelp meal. I do, you know, I do one tablespoon of that. I do one cup of seabird guano. And one cup of worm castings, I believe
0: is that for a five gallon bucket
1: five gallon bucket, and I fill it with uh three gallons, so you know because if i if I have a five gallon and a five gallon, you know it's going to be a lot of spillage, you know what I mean, so yeah, uh, pretty good with a three because I'm using a seven gallon pot, three gallons pretty good,
0: got it, and then how long do you let it brew for
1: about twenty eight thirty six
0: hours okay, and then do you pH adjust it at all?
1: Yes. Um, after everything is done, I pH adjust it because my water is like 7.8, 8.0. So I adjust it. I like it between 6.0 to 6.4. You know, that, that's where I'm getting the real optimal results.
0: Got it. Now, do you also dilute? Some people will dilute the tea. So they take the tea, they'll add it in with additional water. Do you do any type of diluting at all or do you just feed it straight to the plant?
1: No, I don't do that. I just pour it right in
0: okay all right and then what equipment do you use to brew the teas
1: um i use the eunuch life ul 40 air pump i think it was like 30 40 bucks obviously the five gallon bucket and i you know i attach a hose from from the eunuch life to the you know to air stones and that's how i get it bubbling up i also think it's important a lot of people don't really talk about this i don't know if it really makes a difference but i think it might i, I do like to oxygenate the water like um, you know, when I'm not, when I'm not having the tea, like while it's decloring for 24 hours, I just throw the air stones in there and I, I bubble it for that 24 hours, you know, because I feel like, um, you know, you know, there's different water out there, you know, there's different, different water, different cities, you know, the quality of water is different, sand, and some of the waters don't have enough oxygen, even though, you know, water is H2O with a molecule of oxygen, you know, I, I think it's important to oxygenate the water i think it's just going to help um help to help maintain that aerobic environment for your plants
0: so how often do you feed in that tea
1: i feed about every 10 to 14 days i think every two weeks is pretty good
0: so do you check like the ph or ppm of like the soil runoff at all or or i just do kind not of going in?
1: I, I, I actually do not i don't check the runoff I've never had any issues,
0: you know. I think on on the tea side of things, when you're using organic inputs like you are, um, arguably you don't you won't really need to check the pH of the runoff uh, in right, a right. particular case. So now, do you just use the teas as a soil drench, or do you also foliar feed using the teas? I do. The fo- I use the foliar spray when I have
1: you know when I'm um, mixing in the recharge. I'll put I'll put some in a mist like a mist spray bottle, you know. Um, but mostly, I do a soil drench.
0: All right. We talked about quite a bit in this one Actually, we hammered through this pretty quickly here. Um, That's how great. can the listeners find you and what do you have upcoming in the future?
1: We have a lot of great stuff coming up. We got the granddaddy perp Autoflower grow series going. We're going to be doing some life logs. We're going to be taking, you know, we're going to, we're going to be making videos outside of the studio. We are actually trying to get to the 2021 Connecticut cannabis day over at Hartford, Connecticut. It's going to be music bands there there's going to be you know there's going to be a lot of 420 friendly stuff going on over there so we're going to be vlogging that we're going to try to get to more events this spring and the summer you know of course with like COVID it might be tough but you know we're going to see what's going to be available as we push through this pandemic But we have a lot of stuff
0: going on this year. Awesome. Uh, And again, for those tuning in, I will leave a link to 420 Seeds channel down in the description section below. So you guys can head on over there, give him a subscribe, (laughs) give him a subscription, (laughs) follow, like, all that good stuff. 420 Scene, thank you so much for sitting down with me, talking. Let me interview you and, and pick your brains a little bit about how you do your auto flowers, which you've been very successful on. I mean, just just look at his Instagram. You can see the size of his auto flowers that he's growing and knowing kind of the, the nitty-gritty details on how you do things when it comes to auto flowers. I think they're going to be beneficial for, for those listening. So... And also the compost cool. teas, which we talked about, and I think you just did a uh, nutrient tea. I haven't watched it yet, or your a video on the tea that you do. Oh yeah, the- man.
1: I I just put out a compost tea video not too long. I think it was just a couple of days ago, and I go over all the ingredients that I use for the compost tea, and you know I have I have you know I have a lot of a lot of clips on the stuff that I use, everything brewing. It's It's great. You know what I mean? It's going to help a lot of people out. Actually, a lot of people have been watching it. A lot of people have been thanking me for it. So I'm glad I could help everyone that, you know, that, you know, that needs a good compost tea recipe that's been working out for me. I want to pass it on to everyone else.
0: I'll link that down in the description section below as well. So if you guys want to hear more details about how he does his aerated compost teas, click that down there and uh, check it out. Any final words? No,
1: I think we covered a lot today, you know.
0: A lot in a short amount of time so thanks again for coming on and uh enjoy the rest of your day all right have a good one man peace peace thank you so much for tuning into this episode of garden talk please leave a rating and review if you haven't done so already it helps the podcast out tremendously so thank you to everyone who takes the time to do that and i'll leave it at that until next time peace